Greetings everyone, it's Nicole, and I will be beginning my lesson today in Jeremiah 20, chapter 29, verses 7 through 11. Um, so far, because um, I'm starting off a little bit later in this chapter, I'm going to catch you guys up on what happened in the beginning of the chapter or what's happening while I'll be reading from where I'm reading from in this chapter. Jeremiah is writing a letter to the elders, the priests, the prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the word exiled um, means to be banned. So if you hear me saying that anywhere here and the word welfare, look out for the words exile and welfare. Um, exile means to be banned or sent away from a place um, and to never come back. That's what exile means. And welfare means to be healthy, have happiness and wealth and fortune. So I'm going to begin. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That was Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 7 through 11 ESV. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. We come to you with a clean and pure heart, asking that you purify us from sins that we were aware of doing and that we were not aware of doing. Father God, help us and lead us into righteousness, Lord God. And most of all, Father God, be with us in every, in each and every way, Lord, that you want us to be with you, Lord God, whether it's spiritually, Lord God, or physically in a church, or Lord God, in our homes as we worship you today. Father God, open the hearts and help them to be able to understand the words I'm going to speak and help these words that I'm speaking right now, Father, manifest into each and every listener. Father God, I ask that you open the ears and the eyes, Lord God, to see and to be able to hear supernaturally and naturally, Lord God, the words that I am speaking, Father God. And most of all, Father God, give them an understanding that will surpass, Lord God, all of their feelings, their heartaches, their sorrows, and whatever they're going through today, Lord God, through this lesson. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, today's lesson is going to be about the love of God and the love that he has for you and for me. As we know, in this world today, there's been a lot of suicide and deaths due to the fact that people may not feel loved or maybe they feel unloved or uncared for, especially knowing that Valentine's Day is near. But in this lesson, I will prove to you in three different ways 
that God loves you unconditionally and he loves you faithfully and he loves you in an everlasting way. So let's begin. In Isaiah 54, chapter 54, verses 10, verse 10, excuse me, verse 10 says, The mountains may shift and the hills may be shaken. But my faithful love won't shift from you, and my covenant of peace won't be shaken, says the Lord, one who pities you. In this chapter, God feels love and compassion for those who have been exiled by King Nebuchadnezzar. And by that, I mean, um, not in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10, but in the chapter of Jeremiah 29, verse verses 7 through 11, God is sharing his compassion through Jeremiah writing this letter to his people that he still loves them. He's letting them know that he still sees them and he still understands what they're going through. And I felt that Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10 really just illustrated exactly what God was saying in this chapter of Jeremiah 29. God was saying that his faithful love wouldn't leave them and his covenant of peace wouldn't be shaken during this time of exile. But God will specifically rest with them and pity with them, not just for them, but he will pity with them. He'll have sorrow with them. He'll love and have compassion with them. And God just wants you to know that whatever you're going through right now, you're not alone. He's with you in so many ways, whether it's spiritually or physically through a friend or a parental guardian or a church member or maybe even through a pet. God is always there with you. Whether you see him or whether you don't. And that's the first way God shows his love for us. And another way he showed his love for us in the scriptures I want to recognize is when he cried for Lazarus. When he cried when Lazarus died. And also when he cried tears of blood while he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And the reason I brought that up. Is because God feels sorrow. God knows sorrow. He was here way before us. He knows. He understands. And even though we may not feel that he understands. Know that he understands. Or even see that he understands us. He does. God understands us in so many ways that maybe we can't even explain. Or haven't even discovered yet on this earth. That's amazing. But the second way we know God loves us is because he will create peace and love with his love. Isn't that amazing? God creates peace and love with his unconditional love that he already has for us. According to Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. And oftentimes when there's confusion and anxiety and even doubt. It does not come from God. So God is letting you know in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 and even in chapter 29 of Jeremiah that only peace, love, and all things of unconditional love and happiness come from him and anything else comes from not of him. And Jeremiah um, ch chapter 29 verses 8 through nine it specifically says this 
It says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I do not send them, declares the Lord. And one thing we should all come to know in our lives, that if God did not send a person, if he did not send a thing or whatever you're doing or going through right now, whether it's a job, whether it's an activity you're doing or whether whatever it is that you're doing or experiencing right now in your life, if God did not send the word that whoever is judging you right now is saying, or whatever your boss at your job is saying, or whatever your friends are saying, if God did not tell them or send them to tell you such a thing, then it is a lie. And so many people today are basing their lives off of the words or others of others or off of things they're seeing on maybe social media or even they're hearing from their friends or whatever influence they're having or impact they're having in their life from someone God did not send. Did you not hear in the word that anything that is not sent by God is not divinely inspired by God? And by that I mean, if it's not inspired by God, who is it inspired by? The enemy. That's right. It's inspired by the enemy. So anything inspired by the enemy is what? A lie. So if someone's telling you, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you, you can't hang with us. Oh, you are the worst worker ever here at my job. Oh, you need to up your game. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, you need to do that. Oh, if God didn't send them to say that to you. Because we know that we're more than enough according to his word. We know that whatever job or task that our boss may give us at work, we can be able to accomplish. Why? Because we can do all things through the strength of Christ who strengthens us. So anyone telling us different from what is in the word, anyone who is saying something to us that is contradicting to what the love letter of the Bible is saying and that has been written in the bible because the bible is a love letter from god anything contradicting to that love letter is not from him so we shall not listen to it and the third and final reason we should know that god loves us is because god's love for us goes past the past present and future of our lives god's love is guess what Everlasting, according to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. God's love for us is everlasting. His love lasts till eternity and beyond. God's love is something that cannot be explained, cannot be described, cannot be exemplified. Unless you're exemplifying his love to someone else by spreading his word or just showing kindness to someone. But other, other than any of those things that I just said, God's love is on a whole nother stratosphere from the love that we may feel, the love that we may not feel, the love that we may see. And the love that we may even hear, maybe someone saying, oh, this is what true love is. This is and that and that and this and that. No. True love is God's love. And 
according to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, which I have said earlier in my lesson, God knows the plans he has for us. And it specifically says in the end of that verse that his plans is to give us a what? A future and a hope. That lets you know that God's love exceeds our future, even our own eternity, even what we can and cannot see. God's love exceeds it. Not just in a supernatural way, but in a natural way, God's love exceeds every expectation. It exceeds everything that we could ever imagine. Why? Because God's love for us is something so amazing. Something so special that even when we may not feel it, understand it, see it, or even know it, it is real. Why? Because God is real. And I want to play this song for you. And this song, I feel, is really just God singing to us. Um, I don't know if I explained it, but also in Zephaniah... Also in the scripture of, yes, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, it also talks about God singing over us. And I feel like this song that's, that I'm going to play really just illustrates that God is singing over us. And that these lyrics that are being said in this song literally are what God is saying to us today. And it really just explains his love in a deeper way. So enjoy. I will fight. I will fight for you. I always do until my heart is black and blue. I will stay. I will stay with you.
fight for you I always do until my heart is black and blue Yeah That song was amazing It's called Don't Give Up On Me by Andy Grammer That's a good one right there God wants you to know whoever you are, that his love is unfailing, that he will never give up on you, that even on his last moments, in his last moments on earth, he was thinking of you. So no matter what circumstance you're going through right now, whether it's looking for a job, finding true love, or even finding good friends, or even looking for a home, Whatever it is, don't give up on God. Don't call quits on him because he's never called quits on you. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord God, for explaining something to us and showing us something that we may not have even realized or known yet. But Lord God, I thank and praise you, Lord, that today we now know that your love is more greater, more everlasting, more unconditional, more faithful, and more unfailing, Lord God, than we thought it was yesterday. And God, I ask that you continue, Lord God, to use us in a special way for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if any of you who have heard this lesson would love and would like to give your life over to Christ, I'm going to say this prayer, and I want you to pray it with me. Dear God, I call upon your name today that I now know of your unfailing love. And Father God, I want more of it. I need more of it. God, I ask that you give your unfailing love to me each and every day, Lord God, in a more heavier way, Father. Father, I accept you, Lord, and I, and I want more of your everlasting love. So, Father God, I want you to come in like a rushing wind and like a tsunami and a flood in my life, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening.